All right, all right. Welcome back to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome to the game, my friend. If you are a longtime listener, thank you for your support. Guys, today over the next couple of podcasts, in fact, we have a treat and a special opportunity for you. In fact, we are bringing one of our mentors to the microphone to share with you an interview that we did with him inside of our community. Now, we're bringing Mark Batterson. We we had a podcast with Mark Batterson, I don't know, maybe 20 episodes ago, give take. But today we're going to be discussing his recently launched new book, Win the Day. Now, you know, if you are here at Cashflow Tactics, our mission, our, our purpose is to empower you in the conversation of money to rise up and take control so that you can live free. We want to knock down the barriers that are standing in your way. And rather than shifting your hopes, your dreams, your purpose to the future, to this elusive idea of retirement, to empower you to take control over your life today. And there's no better way to do that than by winning the day, one day at a time, one week at a time, one month at a time, and put together this winning streak and ultimately obtain a sense of momentum. So what we're doing is we're going to be interviewing Mark on his book and going deep into the secrets. He has seven secrets, seven strategies for winning the day. So enjoy this podcast, my friends. And as always, if you get value out of this, please share it, please comment, please review. Your support of us goes a long way to the production of this this show for you guys. Guys, enjoy the interview. Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast, where we're going to be giving you the exact blueprint to reach financial freedom in 10 years or less, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience. You see, we believe that 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. And we're here to empower you on how you can use money and cash flow as a tool to create, build, and live a life you love now rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast. So Mark, we are honored. We are grateful. We are excited to have you on on this call with us today. Um, Between live and replay, we have about 350 people that said, yes, I want to win the day. Yes, I want to play the game. And yes, I want to live. I want to write my story. So we're excited to be going through this book with you today. Um, this is, you know, I can't, I don't know which number this is in your series of books. And every book I keep saying is the best book you've ever written. But man, I tell you what, when you put this in compilation, you've really laid out a blueprint for success in life. And it's not just success as the world defines it, but it's true fulfillment, true success. And so I'm excited to be talking with you today. Brad Gibb, you didn't meet him the first time when we did the podcast. Brad is the nice to meet the, you, Mark. He's kind of the Me brains too. behind Cashflow Tactics. Jimmy and I get to show up and just like say crazy <laughs> things, and then Brad has to figure out how to do it. So <laughs> it's he's like the he's really the most important part of this whole this whole game. But Mark, we want you to. This is going to be your call. We want you to do whatever you do. It's your magic. We've got tons of notes. We've got tons of questions. We've got tons of ideas. But man, Mark, we're just going to turn the microphone over to you and say, distill your greatness. <laughs> hey, Ryan, thank you. And uh, guys, it's a, it's a real joy and privilege um, for me to be on this call. My, my hope is to add value. And if there's one or two or three things that you take away that prove to be game changers and, and you never know what it's going to be. And so we'll trust that this conversation is going to get where it needs to go. Let me start right here. I don't know what goal you have, what problem you're trying to solve, what habit you're trying to break or build, 
but I can pretty confidently say that I know the secret to your success, that whatever it is, it's going to happen one day at a time. And uh, I know that that sounds cliche, but yesterday is history. Tomorrow is mystery. You have to learn to live in these day tight compartments. And so that really is how this idea of when the day starts. It's living like every day is the first day and last day of your life. And, and let me say this, guys. I'm not talking in a vacuum. Like that's not stuff I'm pulling out of thin air. I talk in the book about creating your own personal holidays, kind of your own Memorial Days, your own Labor Days, so to speak. Well, guess what? I have two birthdays. Uh, one is my actual birthday, but the other one is July 23, 2000, because it should have been the last day of my life. My intestines rupture, spend two days on a respirator, lose 25 pounds in a week. Uh, emergency surgery around three o'clock in the morning. I should not have survived. I shouldn't be here. You don't live life the same way after a moment like that. And I hope it doesn't take a near-death experience for us, but you really have to learn to value every single day. And so here's a fun way of saying it. Uh, if you want every day to count, count every day. And uh, in fact, I'll just, I'll download this one thought. A couple of years ago, uh, I'm doing a talk for the Virginia Tech Hokies 2019 NCAA tournament, and they're playing the Duke Blue Devils. And I'm um, friends with Buzz Williams. He was the coach at the time. He now coaches at Texas A&M. And so I do a talk for Buzz, and he lets me stick around for the film study and for their game planning. He says two things that, that rock my world. He, he doesn't remind the players of how many games they had played. He reminds them of how many practices they had had, 74 practices. And then he says that it was day 1,811 as his tenure as the head coach of the Hokies. Okay, everybody on the call, like I can't see everybody, but come on, how many of you know how many days you've been on the job? Like very few hands are going up right now because who keeps track of how many days they've held a certain job? I'll tell you who. Someone who is making the most of every single day. And so whenever I'm around leaders, um, people like Buzz Williams, I try to learn kind of, I try to hack their mindset and their, their habits and how they think. And uh, that's kind of a funny place to start, you guys. But I think there's something to that that you've got to learn to, to number the days. And I've tried to put this into practice a little bit myself. I can tell you right now, I'm 1,660 days inhaler free. Mm -hmm. And may, maybe that's a story I'll share at some point. But I had severe asthma for 40 years. And uh, a couple of years ago, what doctors would call spontaneous remission, what I would call a miracle, uh, ran a marathon to kind of celebrate that. And so if we, when we get into Q and A, I'm happy to go anywhere and everywhere that's going to add value to your life personally, professionally. And so here's a quick flyover, seven habits that will help you stress less and accomplish more. And let's be honest, a third of Americans struggling with anxiety and depression right now. So at least one out of three of us, we, we need a little bit of help. And, uh, and so first two habits, flip the script and kiss the wave. And I'm just throwing these out there so that if you want to double back to them, 
uh, we can do it. And I'm willing to have the hard conversations. In fact, let me just get real, real quick. We're about a week out from my wife having a second surgery for breast cancer. And so I'm just, it's been a tough week. Her surgery was on the same day that the Capitol uh, was stormed, January 6th. And you want to talk about a day because we live like less than a mile from the Capitol. And so it was like, it was craziness. But Charles Spurgeon said, I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. And uh, I, I can talk a little bit about that. But when Laura was first diagnosed with cancer, uh, she read a question in a piece of poetry. And, and it was this, what have you come to teach me? If you're going through a tough time today, hear me out. You got to ask the question, what have you come to teach me because you have to learn the lesson. You have to cultivate the character. You have to grow the strength because then you get to the other side of it and uh, you're a little bit stronger person, maybe even a little bit better person. And so flip the script, kiss the wave, those first two habits. Next two habits, eat the frog, fly the kite, and uh, we can break those down a little bit. But how you do anything is how you'll do everything. In fact, hey, uh, guys, we've been on this call like all of like seven minutes, right? And uh, in my book, that gives me permission to get into your business a little bit. Is that okay? Do I have yes, permission sir. to do that? Yes. yes. I, like, let's just not pull any punches. I know people who say, uh, I'll give more when I make more. In other words, I'll be more generous when, when I got that uh, cash flow tactic going. <laughs> Dude, you're good. <laughs> hey, yeah, well, you know, what, what can I say? Um, you know what? I'm not buying what you're selling. If you're not generous right here, right now, if you're not generous with a little bit of time, talent, and treasure, you're not going to be generous with a lot. I, I know people who say, I'll serve more when I have more time. No, you won't find time. You have to make time. And, and then there are people who say, oh, when the big opportunity presents itself, now I'm going to step up. No, you won't. You got to make the most of every opportunity, the opportunities that are all around you all the time. And so I'm getting in your business a little bit, but that's what flying the kite is all about. You do little things like they're big things. And I promise you, some of those big opportunities will come around. Uh, and then uh, cut the rope, wind the clock. We can break those down. I, I will say this, and you know, I, I know it's a Friday afternoon. I, it depends on what time zone you're in, but circadian rhythm might even be dipping right now. So I got to be on my game. But here's the deal. Time is measured in minutes. Life is measured in moments. You have got to learn to manage both of those. You have to manage the minutes, but you have to manage the moments. In fact, one of my mantras is don't accumulate possessions, accumulate experiences. And we can talk some about how I've tried to do that both as a, as a father and then just uh, as a guy, as a normal guy. Uh, and then finally, seed the clouds. You got to sow today what you want to see, uh, see tomorrow. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm a big believer in uh, dream big, but you start small and you think long. And if you do that, some really amazing things happen. In fact, it's kind of fun, guys. Should I, I mean... I probably ought to give a little bit of backdrop that it's 20, it's 25 years ago today. No, 25 years ago yesterday that 19 people gathered in a DC public school 
and we had our first service as uh, I lead a church, National Community Church here in D.C., one church, seven campuses. But we started with 19 people 25 years ago. It was not pretty. We met in a D.C. public school in a cafetorium. But uh, I said, you know what? Let's, uh, let's play the long game. And 25 years later, man, we've given more than $20 million to kingdom causes that we care about. Um, we've gone on two, uh, 273 mission trips. Uh, we have a DC Dream Center that served 55,000 meals this last year through this, through this COVID crisis and uh, developing a city block that will be a, a marketplace, co-working space, event venue, child development center. And so all of that to say, uh, God has done some pretty remarkable things, but, but I think it, it started 25 years ago. And so it's about, it's about taking those life goals, reverse engineering them into daily habits. And if you do the right thing day in and day out, God's going to show up and show off. And so I hope that activates a little bit of faith today. And uh, guys, I, I think that's a good enough flyover in terms of just sort of getting us in the right headspace and the right heart space and excited to see where our conversation takes us. And I'll, I'll do my best to shoot straight, not pull any punches, and uh, hopefully add a little bit of value to everybody that's on the call. And by the way, don't take it for granted. Thanks to uh, everyone who is on the call. And uh, it's a joy to be together. Hey, Mark, but Mark uh, one more. You know, I know you started with 25 people. I think an important part of the story everybody would also enjoy is that you had a major failure in trying to do that in a different city. So you had very little reason to be confident, right? Yeah, Jimmy, thanks for bringing up that failure. <laughs> um, I love it. No, in all seriousness, our first attempt at starting a church failed. And in retrospect, one of the best things that ever happened to us, and I'll, and I'll tell you why, the cure for the fear of failure is not success. The cure for the fear of failure is failure in small enough doses that you build up an immunity to it. And, uh, and so we learned a really good lesson early in life and uh, kind of set us free to, to go for it again. And so if you've got a few failures on your resume, wow, that, that's actually a good thing because failure is poorly managed success. And wow. success is well-managed failure. That, that's, that's good. So stuff, it really man. is how you interpret those experiences and what you do with them. And, and Mark, I just wanted to bring up your failure because um, I, when people get into our game, I see a lot of hesitation on the fact like there's scars from past failures, past messing up. And, you know, a big part for people to get a momentum to get moving is just, we're just like, so, so what? You failed. It's like, part of the game. Guess what? If you're going to keep going, you're going to fail a whole lot more in a lot bigger situations. Yeah, no no doubt. Um, if only there was a vaccination, right? Um, I know I'm kind of speaking the, uh, the COVID terminology, but if only there was a vaccination for fear. But I, I really do think it is that exposure in small enough doses. And, and you realize that it's not the end of your life. You get back up, you dust yourself off. In fact, I mean, let's just let's just kind of expand that. That's not just business. That's life. I mean, 
no one walks down an aisle hoping that the marriage is going to end in divorce. But the reality is about half of marriages end in divorce. I'm a pastor and I, I help people pick up the pieces. And what do you do in that situation? Well, you can look backwards and just kind of live in the past, or you can try to learn from it and grow from it and then really move into the future with a renewed purpose and maybe even a couple of lessons that will help you uh, as you go into the next chapter of your life. And Mark, you you believe in that so much that that was habit number one, right? Habit number one is bury dead yesterdays. And I, I think it's really powerful how you position that because our success or our failure is determined by our story, right? Yeah. And you talk a lot about this. Go into this idea of that our, how our stories kind of dominate our lives and how when we recognize that, we get to start authoring the story that we want. Yeah, no doubt. So Ryan, you, you know, stop and think about this. You were born into someone else's story. J just think about that mm. for better or for worse. I mean, it, it maybe it was a comedy. Maybe it was a drama. <laughs> might have been action, adventure, a tragedy. L listen, my kids, our kids were born into my story. I was born into my parents' story and my parents were born into my grandparents' story. Now, let me let me go big picture, Ryan, and just say this, that a Emory University study found that the key to a child's emotional well-being is knowing their family history. And here, I thought it was Pixar films. I thought it was taking your kids to Pixar films. Evidently, <laughs> that's not it. Toy Story um, doesn't do it. It's not the magic It, it doesn't. It, it's hard to believe. It helps, Ryan. It helps. But, and I would then kind of zoom that out. And, uh, you know, I know that everybody on this call, you're coming at this from a different history, even maybe a different worldview but I come at it as a person of faith. And so as someone who sees himself as a child of God, I got grafted into God's family, which means I got grafted into God's story, which means I have given complete editorial control of my life to someone who I call the author and finisher of my faith. And what that means is he starts writing his story through my life. Can I tell you something? He's a better storyteller than I am. And so he starts telling some amazing stories in us and through us. And so habit number one, flip the script. If you want to change your life, you have to change your story. Mark, I want to share something with you on that. Just a personal thank you. You were nice enough to give us an advanced copy of your book. And so I read that, read the book over the Christmas holiday. And, um, you know, the very first thing that that just stuck with me so much because I don't know my parents' story. My children don't know my parents' story. And so what we did is we went over to my parents' house. We prepped him. So I, I you know, got a whole list of questions and I sent it to him beforehand. And we went over there and we filmed them for two hours wow. each, my father and my mother. And I can't tell you how many discussions. In fact, tonight I'm going on a date with my, I haven't done that ever. We're going on a date with my parents to go deeper on some of the things in their story. And it was interesting because they were willing and open to share aspects of their story and details of their story that they may not have wanted to share when we were kids. But now my kids know where they came from, not just from me, but from their grandparents. And we're doing that with my wife's parents, you know, after all the COVID stuff settles down. But we filmed it. We documented it. 
And man, that was such a powerful experience, Mark. So thank you. Wow. And Ryan, you you are modeling something that, man, that's a gift to your kids. And eventually, you know, that's to the, okay, here's how I would say it. We think right here, right now, God is always thinking nations and generations. We Ah, think that what God does for us is for us. It's always for the third and fourth generation. And so I love the way that you're thinking. I love the way you're putting it into practice. And uh, that's that's pretty cool. I, I love that, man. That that's such a good way to look at it. Let's go a little bit deeper on that because I thought I thought something that was really interesting about the way you laid out the book was you talked about past, presence, and future. We've read so many books on morning routines and all that kind of stuff, but you really connected and helped understand past, present, or future. Where you have the power, what's holding you back, and how to write your signature story. Will you spend a little bit of time on why it's so important to acknowledge those three points in time? Yeah, because I'll go right to uh, cybernetic theory. There, there are two kinds of change. First order change is behavioral. It's doing something more or less. And so if you're trying to lose weight, eating less, exercising more, it's first order change. And it's a positive thing. It's a good thing. But listen, we all know the magic is second order change. It's conceptual. It's mind over matter. It's the stories that you're telling yourself. And and I would say right down to self-talk, about 60,000 thoughts, give or take, you know, fire across our synapses every day. According to the Cleveland Clinic, 80% of them are negative. Well, Houston, we have a problem (laughs) because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, Proverbs 23. And so we got to fix our stinking thinking, right? That's where it starts. And, uh, and so I try to get into some of the science of it. It is a, there's a neurology to it that I find fascinating. But at the end of the day, a guy named Dr. Martin Seligman uh, used to be the president of the American Psychology Association. He says, each of us have an explanatory style. Oh man, I wish there was an X- X-ray or MRI that could reveal. <laughs> I would yeah. love to get into each one of your heads and know your explanatory style. But but here's the bottom line. Your explanations are more important than your experiences. And, and that is such a powerful concept. I mean, because if you can step back and look at what's happening and remove yourself from the moment and the emotion of it, like it's like you said, it's the assigned meaning. It's not the thing that happened. It's the meaning that you assigned to it. How do you develop that habit, that cognitive awareness to do that? Well, and and you use the word cognitive. You know, one of the things that sets us apart is this metacognitive capacity to think about how we think. Because for so many people, life just happens to them. And they, they don't really step back and meditate on it or connect the dots. I think it's it's uh, Richard Branson, right? Who uh, A, B, C, D, always be connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. It's this idea of you have to, well, I, I did it with a life coach a couple of years ago. We identified 44 defining moments. And then we started looking for subplots and signature stories. And so guys, what I'm getting at is you're right. It's not just, this is not a self-help. Hey, let me help you come up with a better morning routine. (laughs) No, this is about, let me help you tell a lot better story through your life. In fact, live your life in a way that's worth telling stories about. 
such a powerful concept. That legacy, that signature story that you talk about in, in the book was just mind blowing because you're absolutely right. I mean, thinking about it from a reader who wants to read a story that is boring, right? Write you, you're in charge of your story. Why not write the signature story? Yeah, no, no doubt. And so, you know, Jimmy, you'll like this because I, I know we've talked, chased the line a little bit, but uh, quit living your life as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death, <laughs> right? Say, I mean, that, that, we say that all we have ripped that from you completely. We, we say love that, that yeah, all uh, the time. Hey, listen, and I will say this, guys. Um, you know, I have a little bit of an adventure gene in me, so uh, I once uh, went paragliding over the Sacred Valley in Peru after hiking the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu. And I, you know, having say that, I, I don't want you to think I put my pants on one one leg at a time. I don't want you to think <laughs> that I'm living some exotic jet-setting life because my my life is really uh, well, pastoring hey, a church. Mark, you put your pants on one leg at a time, just like all of us, but you do some really cool stuff after your pants are on. <laughs> well, listen, hey, by, just to, to bring it down to earth, after jumping off of that, that cliff as I paraglided, I did, I did throw up seven times on the way down. So, <laughs> nice. um, wow. But uh, what I'm getting at is you're right. It's about accumulating these experiences. And the one thing I would add, if I sense that something is really, really important, I'm going to tell you. And so everybody on the call, this is really, really important. Don't just set life goals. Add a relational component to your life goals. Don't just run a triathlon. Run it with your 13-year-old son. And it will be a lot more fun when you cross the finish line. Don't just go to the top of the Eiffel Tower take your wife and give her a kiss on top. That's a lot better. So the idea here is set life goals. You won't accomplish 100% of the goals you don't set, but add a relational component so you bring other people along for the ride. So it's not just about me, myself, and I. Mark, that, that again, man, so awesome. like I had so many takeaways from this book. It just, you know, after reading all these personal development books, you just come at it from such an altruistic angle that I went back. So I call it my legacy list. It's, you know, the, the idea of the circle maker, the dream list. But man, I went back and I added that relational component and dude, it got me so much more engaged and excited. And I shared it hey, with my daughter. Hey, Kiana, this is what we're going to do together. These are the adventures we're going to go on. Let's figure out how to make it happen with Bethany, with Doug, with, with Desmond. Dude, it was Man, I, I already got my first one scheduled with with my 15 year old. So, Mark, that was that was powerful. I love it. Hey, so, so after we bury dead yesterdays, you then shift us into the present, right? And now in the present, now it's time. And this is where this is where I love your advice here, right? Because this is where everyone's looking for the secret, the magic trick. In 2021, what's the one thing that's been a brand new invented to make you successful? What is that thing, Mark? <laughs> I love it. Um, well, I have realized that, well, Ivan Pavlov said it this way. If you want a new idea, read old books. Yes. Isn't that good? So good. And so I'm not necessarily looking for that, that latest and greatest, newest discovery. For me, I'm a back to basics guy. And so whatever it is that you're pursuing, it's about putting in the time and effort to those. So you know, I, I pastor a church. It, it's very easy for me to um, just try to maybe read the Bible for the purpose of getting a sermon. 
that that's not that's not the long play right there. So I have a daily Bible reading plan. And by the way, I habit stack it. I get my morning latte with two shots from the coffee house that we own and operate. And and I read my Bible while I drink my coffee because I think you guys know I have a I have a little formula, the Holy Spirit plus caffeine equals awesome. That dude, that that is like the best. We tried I want to put that on our shirt. That was we're, so Brad is our, our mathematician. We told him to plug that into our spreadsheet. That's the formula for success right there. Oh, we're working hey, in for sure. Hey, Brad, can we can we talk math? Oh, all day. Can we can we rabbit trail, guys? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. You're speaking okay. my love language here. All right. So here here's the deal. When you add God to the equation, five plus two does not equal seven. Five plus two equals 5,000 remainder 12. I'm alluding to a story where a little boy gives five loaves, two fish to Jesus. And uh, you put it in God's hands and it's not going to add up. It's going to multiply. I I really believe in this thing called a multiplication anointing. And and we can talk a little bit more about that. But I I prayed that when I wrote my first book, um, there was a distinctive moment where I was praying for a multiplication anointing. And, I, and I've got to say, God has done immeasurably more than I could ask or imagine. The guy that's on this call, the guy that's talking to you right now, yes, he has written 20 books. But when I was 22 years old, I took a, an assessment that showed a low aptitude for writing. In other words, whatever you do, don't I write books. books. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, And so I had to uh, read 3,000 books before I wrote one, and I reverse engineered them. But here's the good news. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And and what I'm getting at, yes, I think God wants to use our strong hand. And uh, maybe maybe put up your strong hand. Let me see your strong hand, guys. Put up your strong hand, uh, ladies and gentlemen, on this call. And, And then show me your weak hand. God also wants to use that weak hand. Why? Because his power is made perfect in weakness. And so for me, writing is not a natural gifting. It's this hand. Mm. But here's what I've done. When I write, I take off my shoes because I feel like it's holy ground and I have to be more dependent upon the Holy Spirit's help, which is the secret to success anyways. And so I I think that's where we've got to really stay dialed in. And so Brad, if we have time, it might be fun to go back. I, I, I think this idea of do the math, but it looks like you have a thought. I was, you share I was going to, I was just going to say like, that reminds me of my favorite accounting joke. Cause I'm a, an accounting nerd. It's like, what's, if you ask your accountant, what's two plus two, you know, you have a good accountant if he shuts the door and then comes over and says, well, what do you want it to be? Right. <laughs> and I, I sort of feel like that's the relationship we can we can culture with God and we can culture with our, our goals and our vision and our outcome is don't be constrained to what we think two plus two is. Let's, let's figure out what that multitude is, who we're there to serve, what that bigger vision looks like, and then ask, ask God to make that our reality. I love, I love, I love that play on what, what we can conceive versus you know what is out there and possible and just how how restricting that can be so yeah and then i gotta I love it i gotta I love double it. up on that mark because that's the best thing about the lion chaser it's you have to have a guy god-sized dream just so it'll break you just so any any thought that you say it's you and that you can do it will go out of your mind because you clearly understand you are not capable of doing it and you needed some holy interjection 
kind of yes. knock you to your knees. Yep. Hey, can we can we run that uh, that accounting trail for just one more minute? Yes, sir. Okay, so Brad, I, I try to sometimes Jedi mind trick myself, and this is really going to resonate with a lot of people on the call. I, I tend to be a yes guy. It's really hard for me to say no to people. And so when I'm a, in a writing season, I have to say no, because it's the only way that I'm going to get a book written. So I Jedi mind trick myself, and here's how I do it. I do the math. Uh, when I when I write a book, um, I figure it's going to take a person five, six hours to read it. And so the way I see it is I'll spend five or six hours with anyone, anytime, anywhere. On an airplane, uh, audio book, on your commute. I mean, it's going to sound really weird, but you can even take me into your bathroom if you want, um, <laughs> whatever. And uh, I'll spend five or six hours. If you're a slow reader, we'll spend 10 hours together. So I will spend that time with anybody. And it's really hard for me to say no to one-on-one -on -one meetings. And I have many of them. But I, I did the math on The Circle Maker. It's a book that has sold millions of copies. And if you take the number of people who have read that book times the amount of time that it's taken them to read it, Brad, I think at, at my last calculation, it was 1,141 years. That's how much time you spend now, with people. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. So now do you see where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. I have to remind myself that I'm having a millennium of influence by using a calling wow. that God's given me. And it helps me say no to things that maybe are of lesser impact and say yes to the thing that is most important. And so, uh, and on that note, I, I will say this, at the end of the day, I want to be famous in my home. And there's nothing I want more than to be, to me, success is when those who know you best respect you most. And that's my wife and kids. And yeah. so I want to make sure that they get the lion's share of my time, talent, and treasure. And uh, and so just, I did have so no idea So hold on, Mark, hold yeah. on a second. That okay. Was, <laughs> so you're, I don't know if you, you just said, have a millennium of influence. Holy cow, like that is a let's going on my life goal list to create something that can do that. I just did a little math for us, Ryan and Jimmy here. Um, we just started a podcast this year. Um, we have 59,802 combined downloads. The average episode is about 45 minutes. You guys, we've accumulated 700 and is that math right? 750 hours of, of influence just on the podcast. So we're getting started, but I, that's, and we teach and everybody listening in understands like one of the huge components of what we teach in Cashflow Tactics is this concept of leverage, right? And we've been taught that leverage is, is dangerous or scary or we need to avoid it. And there it's, it is a two-edged sword, but we don't get anything in life without leverage. And it's not only financial leverage, right? It's, it's relationships, it's technology, it's this, this is just another example of how that principle of leverage, I, God uses leverage in moving people and concepts and things forward. I mean, think about that leverage on your, let's hope it's a hundred year life, maybe more than that, to then lever that into a thousand years. Like that is a, is a, is a, an amazing visualization of this concept. That's really cool. I like that it. goes back wow. to your signature story, right? I mean, it's not how yep. long you've lived. It's how many, how, what was it? The moments, the days, like that, that, it first, very first example in the book. It's not the days you've lived; it's the moments you've lived, right? 
Yeah, for sure. And Ryan, it's funny. And Jimmy, because we, we had a conversation, but Brad, I feel like I know you really well after the last <laughs> 60 seconds um, yes. because you kind of, you geek out on the numbers. And so let me, so let I, I me, need to fix, I need to fix my numbers here though. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, we, are at, we, are at, right. we are at 44,800 hours of influence. And if we put that Today's we're at 3,700 days, you guys. So 3,700 days of influence just in the podcast alone. Like now we've even, we even got in a little kerfuffle across the three of us of not dedicating enough time to the podcast. And guys, like how much more motivated are you now to to record a podcast episode? I oh, needed hey, this. Well, what about I writing a book? This. What about writing and, a book, Brad? <laughs> and writing a book. We got into a little kerfuffle about, because I had absolutely been sucked into somebody needs my time right now. I've got to do this. And these are what's what the responsibility is weighing on me. And so like Mark, I, I hope other people get some knowledge. I don't even care. I needed this little conversation <laughs> to bring it back to that concept of leverage that I've got some reordering to do in, in my priorities to make sure that I, I make that influence before I then go to this, the, the smaller pieces. That's I love I, it. I can, I can hang it up and I'm done. I'm good. Boom. I made it. Hey, I so a, good. I got a question for Mark, though. So, so I, I think I've read at least eighteen of your twenty books, and so, but every book has these massive sums of either time, and quite frankly, I've been blowing past those parts. But like, has this been, <laughs> has this been a conscious thing for you that you? And now I understand. I'm starting to understand why you count so many things. But I guess it's been a all this counting and all this summing up. This is de- it seems like it's in, very intentional for you. It, it has become very intentional, Jimmy, because I've always been a dreamer, but for a lot of years, those dreams were more words than action. And, you know, it again, it took me 13 years to write that first book. And so what I've learned is this uh, reverse engineering of goals into habits. And, and so, you know, when I ran the Chicago Marathon a couple of years ago, uh, Download a training plan, 72 training runs, 475 miles. That's how it's going to get done. The big challenge this year is biking a century. Well, I'm actually going to bike all the way across the country, not literally, but the miles will add up to a bike trip that will cross the country, prepping me for that bike ride in August. And so, you know, financially, relationally, you you just got to, you got to, back it up and do the math and, and then make it work. Okay. Mark, I, I, are you counting daily? I guess if we were to break it down into a habit, what are you kind of tracking every day? Well, I'll give you an example. My gratitude journal, uh, some years I'll shoot for three gratitudes a day so that I get a thousand for the year. Um, this year I'm just trying to do one really genuine, heartfelt, profound moment of gratitude every day. And if you do that, by the way, no better way to flip a script than a gratitude journal. If you struggle with complaining or negativity, that will flip the script in a hurry. Um, so that that's kind of uh, one of the things that I'm working on right now. Tomorrow, last I love, double, oh, last ahead, double down, last double down on accounting nerdery and then over to, over to Ryan. The, at least from what I've studied, the oldest recorded language that we've ever found you guys know what it is? Accounting. 
It's numbers. That was the first ever language that has ever been discovered. It's people counting stuff up. And then we learned to write everything else. So Jimmy, that's why Mark does so much counting is it's, it's the oldest recorded language that, uh, that I exists. tell you, what, so hey, there you just go. do the spreadsheet and there's no end to the joy that comes across his face. Yes. Right. In, in all seriousness, guys, there is a book in the Bible called numbers. numbers. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. Well, Mark, I think that kind of sums up the present. I mean, because, you know, I think that's the thing. People are looking for the next best, like the greatest and latest, right? And you're saying, look, it's it's really read the old stuff. I mean, success is success. Principles are principles. Truth is truth. And I love the David Blaine story because going through all of that, like he just woke up and he did simple things over and over and he built that muscle of success. And I think that's where so many people, you know, they don't create a compelling enough vision to pull them into doing the simple things consistently. And I love how you just break it down to that. I mean, do almost anyone can accomplish almost anything if he or she works at it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough. Yeah, and and it adds up. You know, Albert Einstein called uh, compound interest the eighth wonder of the world. And we tend to think finances, but really it has a lot to do with habits. And so I try to share some stories in the book. Of course, David Blaine, that actually is one of my favorite. Yeah. Because guess powerful. what? Because guess what? He doesn't believe in magic. No. Uh, he believes in hard work and training and putting in the time and effort. All right, all right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Rise Up Live Free podcast. If you're not subscribed already, then be sure to do that right now so you can get all of the latest information downloadable right to your phone. But before you go, what would it be like and feel like if you had your own personalized financial freedom game plan? If you like that, head over to cashflowtactics.com forward slash five day challenge. There, we'll walk you through step-by-step in just 30 minutes a day over the course of five days. We'll show you what's working, what's not, where you're stuck, and help you gain clarity for probably the first time ever and exactly what it will take for you to be on the path to financial freedom in just 10 years or less. If you're ready to go, join us at cashflowtactics.com forward slash five-day challenge. Until next time, take control over your finances, rise up, and live free.